This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Happy Labor Day and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday as we all try to rest, recover, and recuperate from a busy weekend of racing. Lots to talk about. A couple of good interviews tonight as well. But first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. How about NASCAR Cup Series action? Race one of the playoffs, Denny Hamlin held off a last lap Hail Mary from Kyle Larson. Looked like something straight out of a video game to win the Cookout Southern 500 last night at Darlington Raceway. Larson came from, I don't know, half a straightaway back to airmail it into turns three and four. If you haven't seen the clip, go find it. It's an absolute awesome clip. Uh, Hamlin with the win. How about Landon Lewis, 15 years old and wins Sunday's Southern Illinois 100 at DeCoyne State Fairgrounds. Just his second Arkham Menard Series start. Good racing there. Spencer Baston beat out Mother Nature and the other competitors, cashing in $10,000 after the All-Star Circuit of Champions feature at Attica Raceway Park Saturday night. And let's give a shout-out to our buddy Rich Bell. He is all but crowned champion of the Sunoco American Late Model Series Sunday night at Eldora after a 10th-place finish during the Earl Baltz Classic. It was the, uh, or I should say it's the uh, penultimate event for the series. Their final race of the season will be Friday, September 17th at Tri-City Motor Speedway, a co-sanctioned race with the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. As for the winner of the Classic at Eldora, Spencer Hughes grabbed the win on Saturday night. And uh, that's what's going on in a Motor City Minute. Uh, So much more to talk about, a lot going on this weekend. Rich France joins me from across the way. How are you, sir? How good. I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) I had a a really long weekend planned, and it kind of shortened up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to Tri-City on Friday. We had kind of added that to the schedule late for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. And uh, was planning on having a big weekend Saturday and Sunday down at Winchester. Mother Nature interrupted all of that. So um, Winchester canceled. Not one lap turned on Saturday or Sunday. And then, so I came home on Sunday and said, well, this can't be it. I can't just go racing <laughs> on one day one day on Labor Day weekend. Right. So I uh, decided to go up and hang out with Gary Lindahl at the Harvest up at Corrigan Oil. So I had a great time there yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, uh, Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action on Friday, a rain out on Saturday, and then Late Model Challenge Series action for me on Sunday. And I do need to make a correction because it's a weird holiday weekend. The uh, Eldora race held on Sunday when Spencer Hughes picked up the win, not on Saturday. But anyhow, Rich, uh, your weekend, as you mentioned, started Friday at Tri-City with the Late Model Challenge Series, $6,000 on the line. What did you witness on Friday night? 
Well, 40 laps was the distance, Zach. And um, as we've seen a little bit at Tri-City this year, sometimes cautions make the races hard to get going out there at, at, at that little bull ring. And it wasn't any different uh, on Friday. Three cautions in the first 12 laps. Uh, the key caution was the caution on lap 12 uh, for Chad Finley. Chad Finley trying to work underneath Travis Stemmler um, for the third spot in turns one and two. Kind of spun it out. He pulled it back to the pit area. Would not return. So on that restart, uh, Dona Marcoulier and Travis Stemmler were the ones who started on the pole. Marcoulier picked up the early lead. Uh, Dave Baker in the 15 ran great all day long. And Stemmler would uh, would be the leaders on the restart. Um, on the restart, Thurlby would get by Stemmler for third rather quickly. And uh, Stemmler would fall back. Stemmler did not have the car. Friday night that he would have hoped to had uh, fell back to fifth rather quickly and, and really had to work his way back through the field just to hang in the top five long green flag run. Uh, the M 14 of Brandon Thurlby started 10th, worked his way through the field gets, but with 11 to go, he gets by Dave Baker and the race is on uh, three to go. It always happens, seems to happen at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Three laps to go. The caution comes out, and it's going to be Brandon Thurlby and Dona Marcoulier going at it for a three-lap shootout. And Dona Marcoulier on the green flag stays up top where he hadn't really been. And, and when he did go up there all night, uh, the car was not very good at all. Stayed up there. Brandon Thurlby makes a charge to the bottom down the backstretch. Uh, you think, oh my gosh, he's going to let this one slip away. Not Dono Marcoulier and not at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Uh, comes around, takes the white flag. Marcoulier makes a nice dive into turn three to get back to the bottom. And that was all she wrote. Dono Marcoulier picks up the win over a Brandon Thurlby. And Dave Baker with an awesome run. Like I said, he was great all day. Brings it home third. And, um, of course, I after the event, I stopped and... Uh, Got to a chance with our winner. Talk to our winner, Dona Marcoulier. Dona, you had a good car all day, uh, fast and qualifying, won your heat race, uh, and the car was really good at the beginning of the feature. Let's talk about that first. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you could talk all day long, but I, I tell you what, if anybody doesn't own a Black Diamond, I mean, I wouldn't drive anything else, honestly. I mean, we be uh, BJ and Ronnie and those guys. Like, uh, it's really what's making the whole package. I mean, Matt Ryan with his with his motors and. Uh, you know, Patrick Pelman, Harold Patrick, you know, and we've got we've got just everything going. It's just uh, we're doing our job at home and doing our job qualifying and heat racing like we need to. And, uh, I mean, this car is awesome. I mean, this is our new car. Um, that we, you know, it's got we raced it all year, but it's our new car for this year, and it thinks flawless. A few cautions in the first half of the race. Um, then on the, I think there was a restart with 18 to go or something. You went to the top, and you looked like you had a totally different race car didn't look like you were real happy with it up there i just got to that point where the top got so i mean the cushion wasn't just a cushion anymore it was like running to a wall it just had it had like a five inch ledge where you couldn't run into it or use it so if you didn't it was basically running on a black ice and you hit the cushion so i had to move around and just try to find some grip and actually the bottom was good too and uh i tell you what without having signal guys it's kind of made it a it's made it a game for all of us honestly because i didn't know where to go you know you're trying to you know fish and i know the car felt really good i know if we wouldn't have that yellow three to go you know i felt like the way the car was and how much traction it had off the corners. I mean, we were we were good. If you wouldn't have had the yellow, and uh, you know, I mean, the last few laps made it good for the fans. And you know, I did my job. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't have went to the top, but 
you know, it's just a... Uh, and I'll be the one to ask you because I was wondering on that restart with three to go, why did you go to the top when you knew how bad it was up there before? Because you really didn't get it. I mean, Brandon got actually under you, and and that's when you decided you, you made a great move down into three to kind of get back to the bottom. Yeah, when I seen his nose under me there, I knew I had to get just to, like, hit that little bit of brown off the cushion and get everything I could get out of it to get the mile an hour to momentum off of two. And it's just, it was a mistake of mine. I, mean, I should have went to the bottom protected, but you know what? I mean, they made it a show for the fans, and, uh, I mean, I just... Uh, was able to clear him and get to the bottom and get the job done. And I just, uh, you know, this last three or four weeks, I mean, after, uh, you know, we had some good runs at the Summer National stuff. I mean, we've just been doing our homework and just doing our job. I mean, with maintenance and motors. I mean, we got a, a brand new motor here. It's a Matt Ryan. I mean, this thing, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't know anybody else to drive a motor. I mean, they're awesome. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we just got great partners. I mean, we got, uh, you know, Black Diamond Chassis, you know, BJ Ronnie, Ronnie Stuckey, uh, Patrick Plumbing, Dennis Craft Construction. Um, Jared Michelski, uh, Seawalls. Um, well, he's one of my old buddies from when we were kids over in the Tawas area. And, uh, you know, Ross Common Auto Recyclers, uh, KBC Graphics, uh, All Star Quick Car, um, All Star Towing, you know, Rick Goki. He's a, he's a great partner, too. We just got all the right stuff and the right help. And uh, just want to thank my crew guy, Derek. I mean, he busts his butt at the racetrack. Jimmy, my tire guy, he comes to the shop every week, you know, puts our tires together for us. And, you know, and my dad and my great family. I mean, my fiance. I mean, we're having fun. So. We talk all the time. You know, you're not a you're not a big team. You admit oh. that. You know, you, that's why you take time off. But uh, another big payday, man. It, that's got to be huge for oh, you guys yeah. again. It is too. And like, like like last week, we went over and won that Snowco show, and you know, we ran our old car, but we got our confidence up, and we've been just trying some new things because you get so comfortable with these cars, you get beat. You know, and it's uh, you know, I just feel like we're on the right path, and uh, we got some things for next year, and hopefully, we can close off. Sunday, and uh, we come back here in two weeks for Battle by the Bay, and everybody knows how much I love Tri-City, so. Got to feel pretty good. Uh, you've all but wrapped this thing up if, as long as you don't, uh, yeah, don't do, 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 do something to hurt yourself. Yeah. You're in pretty good position. Yeah, we did a good job with our cars and motors. Like I so said, we put this motor, this is a brand new motor we put in for the summer national races, so we weren't worried about laps, and our, you know, this is our newest car, it's less laps, and we're just, uh, we just do our job. Uh, hopefully we can wrap it up, and uh, Go in the winter with a little extra points money for where we can uh, build a race team even better. So, Congratulations, man. Good luck the rest of the weekend. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, guys. Brandon Thurlby had a long run, kind of, you know, the way he told me, and, and you'll hear in this interview, you know, if it wasn't for the driver making him have a long way to go to drive up through that field, he probably would have had a better shot. But uh, I, I took time to debrief with Brandon about his event. I think the last half of that race, if not the whole race, we're talking to the guy with the fastest guy on the racetrack, car on the racetrack. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, uh, 15 Baker, he was pretty sporty. I just kind of maneuvered through lap traffic a little better than him, but we both kind of ran the, uh, the six car down at the end and uh, just came up a little short. <laughs> you you kind of, you did, you did, you kind of, the invert kind of hurt you a little bit. You had a ways to go and, and that kind of let Dona get out there early and, and on the restarts while you had to work your way through, through traffic. Uh, through the middle of that race, was that probably the difference? Yeah, I mean, it just is just one of those deals where I, Personally, the driver put us behind the eight ball right from qualifying and uh, just kind of stuck us in a bad spot. It really wasn't the invert or anything like that, just driver error qualifying. And uh, just like I said, put us behind the eight ball all night. Um, but, you know, either way, there's a restart with three to go, and I was right there. So, uh, yeah, just uh, one of those deals. Well, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, you know. So <laughs> now, t- now tell me, take me through those last three laps. I mean, I think you saw before uh dona was not very good up top and were you surprised that on that restart he kept it up on the top 
yeah, it's that first corner. I thought he just missed the bottom, and then he, he drove in there again. And boy, I was smiling ear to ear, a keeper up there. But no, I just he come back down. I, I showed him a nose a little bit too early, but uh, got a little greedy. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's no contact, anything like that. No hard feelings. Dona drove a good race. He he got to the bottom when he needed to, and, and won it. Got to feel pretty good when you have a car like that here, because I mean, it. You look at, uh, you know, you know Eric tonight, who's been dominant here all year, and, and didn't have a good car tonight. Um, you kind of got to appreciate that when you can, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like I said, I think, I honestly think Baker had the car to win tonight. He just one of those deals. Uh, lap traffic kind of got him, and when it got him, it actually helped me. And and I don't know if he would have been able to get around the six, but he was pretty sporty tonight. Now, I know we always ask you, and you always tell us, you know, it's your employees that play a big part in helping you be able to do this. But who else to help you out on that car? Well, I mean, it's just all my crew guys are huge at the track. Um, you know, like I said, like you said, I mean, just all the employees and sponsors. But I just can't thank my guys enough. Corey and Blaine and Brody and Mason and Lyle. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, my girlfriend Leah and Danny supporting me all the time. But uh, I just can't thank them enough. Great run tonight. Good luck the rest of the weekend. All right, thank you. And then probably a surprise, you know, uh, I, I I talked to Dave Baker, and uh, you know he he hasn't had a whole lot of lot of top top threes where we got the chance to talk to him, but he had a solid third place finish. He had a very good car, so I stopped uh, to talk to Dave and uh, debrief with him. I know we we don't get to talk to you that often, but uh, if, I think if we were honest with each other, you had a real good car all day long. Yeah, we had a real good car, um, kind of. Was a little slow getting through traffic where Brandon and uh, Dona were, were better than I was getting through traffic. Or maybe a more aggressive, we'll say it that way. But, uh, but yeah, we had a really good car today. We've been, we've been working on it. Um, we run running really well other than when the track's got some bite. I think we finally figured something out tonight. The track definitely had bite in it all night. Um, but, yeah, definitely a good run for us. Uh, we were up there with Dona for a little bit, I believe. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, I do a lot to my crew guy here, Andrew Behrens. He's, uh, him and I both been working on this thing week in, week out, trying not to hang our heads heads low. We've had some good runs at Thunderbird, I-96, and a couple places, but uh, just haven't been able to put one together here or at Merritt. So hopefully uh, Sunday, we're looking forward to Sunday. So I think what made the difference for me in the feature, you had a couple of nice moves under Stemler and getting by Finley as well uh, on the bottom. Uh, the car looked awfully strong down there. Yeah, car rotated really nice, but yet still held traction down the straightaway. Um, I mean, it drove like a dream. I mean, truth be told, maybe somebody else was in it would have won. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know you you don't have a giant crew that that helps you out when you come to the track, but uh, I know there's people that that make this possible for you. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Barron's my uh, crew chief. his wife Nikki and son Corbin are here tonight. My wife couldn't get out of work in time, Melinda, um, to make the show tonight with us, but she'll be there Sunday. So, yep. Dave, congratulations. Nice job tonight. Right, thank you. So, Zach, uh, that kind of, you know, wound everything up for me for, I, I it, it sure looks like, for the All-Star Performance Challenge Series for me for 2021. Um, had a great time. It was nice seeing everybody. Again, wasn't planning on being there, but uh, but had, had a good time and uh, can't wait till they start it up again next year. Yeah, already looking forward to that, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch as this all comes down to the wire now, Sunday was the next All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, but the day started early for a lot of these drivers with the Saturday show 
for the uh, Gene Kruger uh, Championship show at Merritt being pushed back to Sunday afternoon due to rain. So a lot of drivers raced in both. Now, some didn't, um, and that may have been a contributing factor to how things went. Now, show number one, Andrew Terrell picks up the win, bottom dominant Merritt Speedway like we've seen. However, they made the choice. Uh, they they made the chance. They took the chance to make the choice to turn the track over after that first show, but they only got about halfway through uh, the track before uh, what I th I didn't see anything. I, you know, they just they just stopped. They did about the first two grooves or so of the track, turned it over, watered it, packed it back down, and then we went back racing. Um, but it did change the complexion of the track for the late model specifically. It became a, a, a top-dominant racetrack where you could kind of run on the bottom, but definitely the top was the way to, the way to go. Travis Stemmler ends up being your fast qualifier overall, and uh, because of that, he went on to win his heat race, and he would start on the outside alongside Chad Finley to lead the field to green for 50 laps around Merritt Speedway. Now, the first start was called back for Finley because he jumped the start going before the start tire at the exit of turn four. Turns out that may have been a blessing, Rich France, because into turns one and two, Finley spun in front of the entire field, and uh, probably only because they had already thrown the caution for the start, everybody managed to avoid him. So on the restart, Stemmler gets a better go and ends up coming around to lead lap number one. Then Finley sent in a prayer of a slide job into turns one and two and barely cleared Stemmler at the exit of the corner. In fact, the pair made contact using or causing body damage to the number 42 as Stemmler kind of jumped that left rear tire of, the, of Finley's car and crumpled up the sheet metal there on that machine. Now, everything stays green. We continue to race. It wouldn't affect Finley at all. He would go on to lead, going through lap traffic, slicing and dicing his way. That was up until about the halfway point of this 50-lap affair when Dan Hersey spun in the center of turns one and two. That would slow everybody down for a couple of laps, and Rich, that would end up leading to that left rear tire we talked about for Chad Finley going flat. Finley made about a lap and a half at a reduced pace around the speedway before finally pulling off. He would eventually be scored in 17th position. That would hand things over to Rusty Schlank and Travis Stemmler. These two went at it. Schlank inherited the lead, but Stemmler was not done, fueled by motivation and probably frustration. He tried to get to the inside of Schlank several times, but he just could not pull it off. The outside groove was the way to go. Not even through lap traffic could Stemmler reel in Rusty Schlank, and that's the way they would finish. Rusty up on top, $10,000 richer. Stemmler in second spot. Donamar Coolier quietly came from seventh to finish in third. Cody Bauer fourth, and Eric Spengler rounded out the top five on Sunday night. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to catch up with Stemmler or Mark Coolier after the races due to some technology issues that we are having up there in Lake City. But uh, it's a good thing that technology works at home, Rich France. It was my pleasure to watch this guy be in action last night at Merritt Speedway. Picks up another $10,000, puts it in the pocketbook. He is uh, the driver now out of McClure, Ohio. And I don't know, he's going to end up maybe making Merritt Speedway his home here after the year he's having. Rusty Schlank is on the road back home. How's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, not bad, man. Thanks for having us on. Last night was an interesting night for you, and actually it puts a cap on a, on a really unique weekend. Uh, you pick up a $10,000 win, um, didn't come with without a little bit of drama, not so much revolving you, but the way that the race played out, and a little bit of drama from your camp too. So before we talk about the race, I want to talk about your weekend. 
Um, Friday at Attica, uh, man, you could have had some really big problems there. Uh, talk about what happened Friday night. Yeah, we uh, it, it was a it was definitely a rough weekend. I'm glad we capped it off well at, at Merritt, but uh, Friday night we were uh, we were running six in the feature. I think we were only six seven laps into it, something like that. We broke an oil pump belt, so I think I got it pulled off in time. Uh, we did find some stuff in the oil filter, so we had to we had to pull that motor out. It's going to go back and get rebuilt. So we heard a motor Friday night, and then we went to then we went to Oakshade on Saturday, and. Uh, we were uh, we were leading the heat race by a pretty big margin. I think we had about a straightaway lead on everybody, and uh, started losing oil pressure. So I um, I figured out if I uh, if I just put it around the bottom and and didn't go wide open, I would still have oil pressure. But as soon as I get wide open, I'd lose all my oil pressure. So I put it around the bottom and still ran second in the heat race. Had a big enough lead where we we still pulled off a second, got a good redraw or got a redraw spot. So so we're locked into the uh, the show for next weekend to make up race at Oakshade. So we were a little nervous coming up to Merritt. We uh trying to find the oil the oil problem, but I, I still don't think we found it because it was acting up a little bit on us last night too. And I was going to ask you, after a Friday and Saturday night start like that, what in your right mind would make you decide to go up to Merritt? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just had such a crap weekend. We needed to try and get some points, uh, some UMP points. We didn't... Uh, we're in a pretty close battle for second right now with Tanner English and the national points. So, um, we, uh, we needed someplace to race. It was either Eldora or Merritt. Um, and Merritt, we've, I mean, obviously we've had a pretty good track record up there this year. So we figured we'd uh, go up there and go up there and try and get that 10 grand. Um, we, uh, we've been chasing that oil problem. I don't know what it is. I'm starting to think, hopefully it's just a gauge. I'm going to, we're going to change the gauge out this week and I'm hoping that's the only problem. And I think what you're going to also do is make us change your nickname from the Jackson Assassin to Big Money. Uh, this is two in a row, man. <laughs> this is two in a row coming up to Michigan and taking the money. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Um, now it's uh, it's good to come up there, and uh, I, I love the I love the big paying shows that Mike Blackmer puts on at those two tracks, and um, it's good for the Michigan guys. Uh, we've never really had anything up in this area that paid that well, so. Um, it's good to have some good to have some big money to race for here. Uh, I mean, not close to home. It's a, it's a four and a half hour drive for us to get up there, but um, it's still uh, it's it's worth it when we uh, when we run so good and we can go up there and take home a good payday. You roll off about fourth last night, uh, and this was a, a show in which it was completely different in the nightcap versus what they ran on their Saturday makeup program. Um, but you roll off fourth, turn one. Man, it almost was calamity corner. Uh, Chad Finley, who led the field to green, spun after the start was waved off, and and I don't know how you guys missed him. Uh, and then lap two, Finley and Stemler get together uh, on on what uh, I think was a hail mary of a slide job through turns one and two. Uh, but anyhow, man, a little bit of calamity up front there early in fifty laps. You settle in. Racetrack looked fast, but it looked like it was another Merritt Speedway that was hard to pass on. What was your 50 laps like? Yeah, it was, uh, the track was, and I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, they, they had, they broke the track equipment. The first, first feature during the day always kills the racetrack when you're racing the sunlight. So, um, I was hoping that they could get the track reworked there in between them and, uh, and have a, have a good show once the sun went down, but. They broke, uh, they broke the tractor with the tiller on it, and then they broke the, the grader, too, so they couldn't do any track work. So I knew I knew we were in for a rough one after that. But um, and then we put ourselves a little bit behind qualifying. Uh, I had to start third in the heat race. Um, we, uh, we had to dig ourselves out of a hole all night, but 
thank God the track was just wide enough. I mean, you could, uh, you could move around a little bit. It was just real tough to, real tough to make a pass. And, um, I mean, you really had to get a run on a guy and, and be able to slide him and get him clear before you could pass. You couldn't just pull up next to him and drive around him. So it was definitely tough. Um, and like you said, they were, uh, they were overdriving, uh, early in the race, man. Uh, Finley was, Finley was definitely, uh, definitely trying to win her on the first couple laps there. So it, it got pretty, it got pretty uh, hectic. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad everybody keep the stuff, cut the stuff in one piece, and we all came out of it uh, without Toro race cars. As a result of his uh, lap two attempt at a slide job, uh, you know he had damage from that with Stemler getting into him. Uh, caution allows that tire to get cut eventually and go down, um, and that kind of handed things over to you. But man, Stemler was not done. He he wanted a piece of that action, and um, I think Stemler was probably the guy that finally really tried to make the bottom come in. I know you were able to get around some lap cars and you kind of took a stab at the bottom every once in a while, but the top just seemed to be dominant. Were, were you concerned at all that Stemler was going to have something for you? Nah, I mean, I knew he was going to be there. Uh, the way the track was, all the all the good cars, I mean, we were all pretty much the same speed. When the track gets like that, it's uh, we've there's only so much grip to work with. So anybody that's got their car close, I knew I knew we were all about the same speed. So I knew I just had to hit my marks, and if I kept my momentum up there, middle to top, I knew uh, I knew as long as I was, had my right rear up in the grip on the corner exit, he wasn't going to be able to complete a pass, even if he did get close to me. So um, the bottom, the bottom definitely was there. You could you could run it, like you could get down and get. A, I, I, I raced next to Finley for quite a while down on the bottom, trying to trying to make something happen, but you just couldn't. Uh, this wasn't enough drive on exit to to finish the pass. So I knew we were going to be pretty safe as long as I kept it middle to high and. Even if uh, Stemler got close, I knew he would have to. It, it, it'd have to come down to lap traffic, or I'd, I'd really have to mess up for him to get around me. And on the, on the bright side, Rusty, uh, no heroics needed this time, as 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 what you had to do in the 33k to win Challenge Series event. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. It'll be uh, it'll be a long time before we can top that one. I think uh, if if ever, that was. Uh, that was a heck of a finish. Um, that was it was surprising to not only me but everybody at the facility. I think so. I don't uh, I don't think we'll be pulling anything off like that anytime soon. But it's a little easier on the heart <laughs> to be able to just uh, cruise to an easy victory without having to uh, pull off some heroics on the last lap. Hey, and this is the first time we've had you on. Um, and I got to say congratulations to you and your family and Colin picking up his first feature win. That that's got to be awesome for you guys. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. He uh, he has been doing awesome, man. He uh, and and what makes it even better is he beat me to do it. So uh, he uh, that I think that was what was the biggest to him is he's he's always telling me he wants me to go race other places so it's easier for him to win. Blah blah blah. And he's always he's got it in his head that he can't beat me. So it was it was good to uh, it was good for him to to be able to prove that he he outright beat me. I mean we we raced right down to the checkered. Um, he did what he had to do. He got out. He got a big lead on me. And by the time I got into second, um, I caught him, uh, but I just couldn't do nothing with him. I showed him a nose at one point, tried to pass him with three or four laps to go. And well, sucker got up on a wheel and drove back around me and won the thing. So um, I threw everything I had at him. And um, he's been he's been putting together some awesome races. He's been minimizing his mistakes. And he's, he's came a long way in the last couple of years. And I knew uh, I, I know he's had some speed. He's been he's looked really good um, last year or so. Uh, but uh, I mean, he's a new driver and he's making mistakes, and that's what we've been working on is just trying to trying to explain to him and uh, get it through his head that to, if, if he can minimize those little mistakes, he's going to win some races because he's he's got really good speed. So 
he's getting that figured out. He almost won a, he almost won another one last week at, uh, at Attica. He ran a really close race with, um, Steve Casebolt Friday night at Attica. He, he looked awesome there. I mean, he was, uh, he was all over Steve. If Steve would have made a mistake, he'd have won another one last week. So he's been doing awesome. We talk in our sport a lot about f- people being friends off the racetrack, but then once the helmet goes on, all bets are off. Um, I, I, I always enjoy this perspective for you, Rusty, being so competitive, you're trying to win in your equipment to sell race cars and you're trying to win for national championships and all the things that you've got going on. But what was the balance like for you going back a couple of weeks uh, to be obviously as a race car driver frustrated that you came home in second, but then as as a parent, elated, I would only imagine, to see Colin take the checkers and, and grab that first win. What was that balance like? Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's definitely an emotion I've never had. I, I am, I'll be the first to admit I am, I'm a terrible loser. I hate losing. I, it's, that's what keeps me up front. I just say I have a drive to win. And if, if we, if we get our butts kicked one week, I put my nose back to the, to the grindstone and we go to work and make sure we can, we come back out better the next week. So that's, it, it's definitely hard for me to run second to anybody. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a weird emotion because when I was, I was a half a straightaway back at one point and didn't know if I could catch him. And I was kind of, I was in my car coaching him through lap traffic. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was like, I, I was kind of, I, I was trying to, I was trying to coach him from inside my car. Um, he made a couple mistakes that I, uh, that I noticed when I was racing and I was, I was kind of yelling at him like, God dang it. Don't do that. <laughs> do you do that better next corner? You know, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was, it was a weird emotion. It, it was awesome. Um, I love seeing him win. I'm glad that I'm glad it was me that got to run second to him. Um, it was uh, it was huge for us. We had domination cars one two, and um, to to be able to race with my kid door to door there, coming down to the line, and and have him pull one off, man, that was huge. It was. Uh, I told my wife, I said, it's definitely emotion that I've never had before. Um, she's like, I kind of feel bad for you because I know I know you'd never let him win, but I also know there was part of you that wanted you to let him win, but. Uh, I told him, I promised him, I said, if you ever beat me in a race, boy, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to get it given to you. You're going to have to earn it like everybody else did. So he did. He, uh, he drove an awesome race and, um, I was mad that I lost, but I was happy that he won. So it was, it was a crazy deal. So you, you just about answered my question. So you're telling me you were fully prepared to break his heart. Oh yes. <laughs> I actually blew the decking. I blew the whole decking off the back of the race car in the last lap trying to, trying to, I uh, actually trying to pass him like we, uh, same deal how we won the wood tick there um i got a run on the high side in three and four and if it would have stuck coming out of four he, he would have it would have been a, a replay of the wood tick from the week prior <laughs> yeah for sure i would have broke his mom's heart and his heart and uh I'd, I'd have been mad at myself but i mean that's that's what we do when we get in a race car i mean i'm not uh, i don't care who's in front of me we're out there to win the race and um i know that he would have been mad at me if i let him win the race so it's uh it don't matter who it is, my mom, my grandma, my kid, uh, or my, my worst enemy, we're going to try and beat them. <laughs> now, you mentioned Woodtick, that race uh, being so close and being hard on your heart is kind of how you mentioned it. Let's go back a couple of weeks ago now. Um, man, you got another slank that climbed behind the wheel of a race car. You and uh, Carter and your wife and everybody went out to Oakshade for a little test, se- test session. Uh, how was that on the old ticker? <laughs> that wasn't that bad actually um it was actually kind of a nice change of pace to be able to just sit back and and let him practice on a sunday and watch him have some fun um it's his first time ever driving a full-size car so uh it was fun it was a fun experience i mean it was, uh, it was a couple times he made me a little nervous he put it in the back stretch wall once and 
throw the quarter panel up a little bit, but <laughs> gotta learn. Uh, he did awesome. Yeah, he did awesome, man. He had really good car control. Um, I was proud of him. So we, uh, it, it was fun. I'm, I look forward to being able to watch. Now, what what is the plan with Carter? Uh, he's he's eleven, is that right? So what's the plan for him? Yeah. Taking some test laps right now, and maybe looking yeah, looking we're to do him some racing just a little bit. We're we're talking about maybe letting him race this weekend. Um, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. If I can get the car ready, and uh, I got a got a few safety equipment items I got to get for him, and if those come in, then um, might try to let him race uh, once or twice here towards the end of this year in the sportsman class at Oakshade. Um, and then if everything goes well, we'll probably let him run full-time next year in the sportsman. Man, that's that's got to be a lot of fun for you to look forward to that. Now, one other thing I want to talk to you about is that Dirt Car UMP National Points race. Uh, you mentioned that you're trying to track down second spot. What what else? I mean, are you still looking at national points? Is that still a goal for you, or are you just going out to try to put some money in the pocket? Uh, uh, I mean, how do you race here now that we're in September? Uh, what What do you have going on? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a balance of both. We're we're still going to try and run some of the races where around here where we know we can go make some money and uh, uh, like we'll we'll be at the Battle by the Bay, so hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can come out of there with another ten grand. Um, but uh, for the most part, we're just trying to get as many UMP races as we can here coming down the stretch. We finally got back into second in points last week. Uh, I had a Tanner, so I don't think we can catch Bobby. Bobby's Bobby Pierce has checked out. He's he's got had a way better season than than what we have um but uh, i don't think we can catch him but if, if we can still hold on to second and got to make sure i get enough races coming down the stretch here where tanner doesn't go back around me but uh i think we we got a pretty good shot at it somebody like yourself uh who, who lives up here in ohio in the michigan great lakes region uh, when you try to race for national points like that does it get hard this time of year as races start to fall off yeah, it does. Um, they race a lot longer and a lot more frequently out in out in the Illinois area. Um, so we'll actually uh, the last two weeks of the season we'll be out. We're gonna we'll go run the Mod Mania deal out to Tri City, Pontoon Beach, Illinois, because everything's closed down around here. So um, yeah, the last two weeks we'll be uh, we'll be away from home trying to trying to catch a couple of races before the before the UMP season is over. Well, man, it's uh, always fun to watch you race. Uh, I always enjoy seeing you pull into the pits because I know that it's uh, going to be a dramatic race one way or another, either dramatic because you're going to be up there dominating or you're going to try really hard to get up there and win that race. And you did just that on Sunday, picked up the win with the Late Model Challenge Series, another $10,000. Congratulations, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, always a pleasure to talk with Rusty and uh, – Hey, he was on his way home uh, driving the big rig on the way down, so uh, glad glad that we could uh, distract him for a little while there as he heads on down 127. Now, you were about uh, two and a half hours south of where I was on Sunday, Rich France. What was going on at Spartan Speedway? Yep, so uh, with my with my little uh, detour to, to Muncie, Indiana, uh, on Saturday, I came back on Sunday and said, you know, I did, let's Oh, there's got to be another race. So I got a hold of our partner, Gary Lindahl, and said, hey, you you want some company? So I went up to Corgan Oil Speedway for the Harvest, and uh, specifically for the Harvest 100. And, uh, you know, that, that's been, that Corgan Oil has been pretty much owned in 2021 by the, by the Bozells. And, and this was, this was no different, but we'll, t- we'll get you through the, through the beginning and middle of the race and to the end. Uh, Harvest 100 uh, kicked off, and uh, Justin Clority was the fast time. Uh, 
Clorty and uh, Andy Bozell would start on the front row, but it was Jack Landis who would want to pick up the early lead. Uh, Landis would get out front and really start to drive away. But uh, on lap 29, uh, Landis spins going into turn one. He goes to the tail. Uh, Clorty Bozell, Phil Bozell, and Andy Bozell cur- currently were in your top three on the restart. Uh, Clorty and Phil Bozell, they would uh, start their battle for the lead. Clorty on the bottom, Phil Bozell on the top. Well, back in turn one, they would come together. Caution flag comes out. Uh, Clorty would go around. Phil Bozell would continue on, but they called it a racing incident. Both drivers to the tail uh, on lap. uh, That was 67 laps remaining, so lap 33. That at least gave time Phil to work work his way back through the field. Craig Everidge would become the leader over Andy Bozell and Blake Childers on the restart. Halfway home, it was Andy Bozell uh, maintaining the race lead over Craig Everidge, Childers, Steve Dorr, and Jason Felver were in the top five. Uh, uh, 22 to go, the caution would come back out uh, for Steve Dorr stalling on the racetrack. Look, Steve Dorr looked like uh, when he got uh, towed by me. He, can't, he did come back out, but he got into the wall on the backstretch flat right front tire did come back out, but uh, was not competitive when he came, came back out of the pit area. Uh, so Andy Bozell was the leader over average. Phil Bozell had worked his way into third. Uh, Clarity and Felver would round out the top five. And then it was the Andy Bozell show from there on out, drove away, picking up his 26th championship by also picking up the Sunday Slugfest championship, uh, and picking up the 100 lap feature win, um, Zach, it was uh, unbelievable. I, you know, I've been watching Andy for several years, and he just doesn't cease to amaze me. Um, not calling him old by any means, because he <laughs> can do this for another several years if he wants to. But uh, boy, you look for him, and he's always up front. It's amazing. I actually drove by the place where you were hanging out to get to my race, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But tell me where you were at and what you saw. Yeah, so I, Zach, uh, I was at Corrigan Oil Speedway, and I went up there for the 33rd annual Slug Fest to, to take in the Harvest 100. And on the phone uh, now, we have the winner of the Harvest 100, uh, also picking up the Slug Fest champ, the Sunday Slug Fest Championship. In the process, Andy Bozell, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Man, um, let's talk about last night. Um, it didn't seem to me. Um, like you had a whole lot of drama. You had some things happening in front of you uh, that you kind of had to be alert about. But once you got out front, um, it didn't look like it, it was a whole lot of drama. There wasn't anybody that could really chase you down. No, um, we, we had we had good cars last night. We really did. It was, it was actually pretty fun. Um, the outlaw car, we've been struggling a little bit up to Corgan with it, trying to just find a balance, uh, you know, for, for long races and, We've been we've been chasing that eight car, so it's been keeping us working hard. And um, we we made some changes yesterday, and the car drove drove really pretty good there. I, I know uh, Craig Everidge is pretty good there, you know, in the middle part of the race a little ways, but um, I was comfortable. I just had to I just had to hit my marks and and click the laps off. Seemed like anybody early that got in front of you uh, had an issue of one type or another. Um, Jack Landis goes around leading the race, which is very unusual for Jack. Uh, I don't know what happened to him down there in one and two. And then, and then Justin Clarity and Phil get together, just a racing incident, uh, you know, no rough driving or anything, but then they go to the tail and it kind of, 
then you're stuck to battle with Craig Everidge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a lot of things can happen a hundred laps on a little track like that, and you know, uh, it was pretty uncharacteristic of Jackie there because you know, there he, he's one of the best at Spartan there, and um, I think there was some oil on the track in that portion of the race. I think the 33 car uh, Dave Stayhauer was was leaking oil, and and the track got pretty slippery there. So I don't know whether that contributed to some of the issues that everybody had, but but I think the track was definitely slippery for for a portion of the race. And the the weight of this race too. I mean, we we know about Spartan Speedway and their Sunday Slugfests and and how popular those have been. But this end of the year harvest, it, kind of a last chance to dance for a lot of guys. And the fans in the stands, same thing, right? The, the atmosphere there yesterday had to have just <clears throat> added to that will and that drive to win for you. Oh yeah, it definitely did. Um, it was it was great to see that kind of car count. I mean, the the pits literally were were full and they were parking outside the fence and uh you know i've never seen that at spartan speedway in, in all my time going up there so it was really nice to see a huge car count to support Corgan oil speedway and and uh you know the, the the way the harleys are taking care of the track up there they're, they're making everybody feel welcome and and uh, the atmosphere was good we have a long green flag run uh phil works his way back drives through the field and then it looked like he had a had a lot left in that car but uh, Blake Childers and Craig Everidge were running side-by-side. Side. Nothing he could do, and that really allowed you just to get away from the rest of the field. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously you don't know what's going on at the time. You're just trying to just trying to put the laps down and, and uh, go as fast as you can. And, you know, after watching the video, them guys got pretty racy together there and, and um, really kind of left the, left the track open for me and kind of held up everybody behind them a little bit. So it, was, so it did work to my advantage. So the – 26th championship you pick up uh, by picking up the uh, the Slugfest deal. Le you know, like we talked about last night, um, what a number. Do they ever get old? Uh, no, they never get old. I sure do, but they don't. <laughs> is there still emotion? I mean, is there still raw emotion to attached to these? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you do it for. You, if you like to race, you want to go win, you try to want to win championships and you got, you want to do your best. And, and, uh, I think if you lose a drive, you probably shouldn't do it anymore. And, and here's the other thing that I was thinking about too, when, when I was getting ready for this interview is, I mean, you've got, I, I'm going to say this and I hope you don't hang up on us, but you have almost as many championships as I am years old. And when, when you stop and think about that, and then you stop and think about where your career started. Is is this something you ever fathomed you could do? And and is this, I, I guess, does this even feel real to you at this point that you have accomplished such a massive feat in your career? Uh, yeah, it feels real. And you know, it's just I don't know a lot of a lot of years of hard work and dedication and and the desire to do your best. And you know, you you work hard and you put all your effort into it. And, and I guess you know you you. You, you get to reap the rewards if you put the effort into it. And I think, you know, and, and what was kind of that I took last night, Andy, after 100 laps in the Harvest 100, you didn't think it was enough, so you jumped in the late model <laughs> sportsman and showed those guys how to do it as well. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, we've been we've been running the sportsman car up there, Doug Lane sportsman car there. We go up there, and the Sunday shows especially, just because of what you said earlier, the atmosphere here is so good. Everybody's just laid back, want to go up and have a good race day and enjoy it and get out of there at a decent time on Sunday. So um, 
we, we, we did all the Sunday races and a couple of the Friday races with the sports and car. And, and, uh, I think, I think we finished first or second every race. So, um, we've got that thing dialed in and it's running pretty good. You guys, uh, this is the part of the season where we do kind of see you start to break out some different cars and run some different tracks. But um, with it being now early September, what anything left on your schedule, Andy, anywhere we can maybe see you uh, uh, add a couple more wins to the column? Um, I, I, I think, I think I'm just going to win on the trails and the side-by-side the rest of the <laughs> fall here. I don't have any more races slated. So, you know, um, we'll keep our eyes open, see if any of these, uh, late season races break open and see if somebody put something on the schedule that may entice us to go. But uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, I, that last night was probably my last night for the season. So how about, how about 2022 plans? Do you have those laid out yet? Um, we're more the same. I think, um, you know, uh, looks like the, the outlaw schedule there is, is getting pretty inviting in a couple of places. I know there's some tracks been announcing some really big races and hopefully Corgan oil can, you know, duplicate their big eight series that they had. I think that was very successful. So I think, you know, we're going to, we're going to start working on our stuff and, and uh, do our normal program over the winter, try to make things better and faster for next year. And we'll see what ends up on the schedule and, start picking them as soon as the promoters start getting them on the schedule we're going to start inking our schedule early and so hopefully hopefully they get out and get these things advertised and the outlaw guys can start putting together some good races for next year and andy i i, I wanted to talk to you about this i didn't we didn't talk about it last night but you know not just you and phil running you got your grandson bryce running this year as well um i have to tell you something last time i saw him early in the season um, you guys were working on that car a lot. Uh, he was learning. Let's just say he was learning. And I thought he showed last night, um, even though there was an issue that was, in my opinion, was not his fault. He showed a lot of car control and he has grown throughout this season. Yeah, he's, he's really done an amazing job this year, you know, and every, every time I kind of try to evaluate what he's doing and how far he's won, I, I still gotta, I still gotta remind myself that he's only 10 years old. So, um, He's put down some good laps. He was eighth or ninth quick yesterday in practice. Actually made the made the redraw and drew the pole position, and he wanted to start there, and so he, he started on the pole, and made some laps. So it's just it's just incredible to see the progress that he's made, and you know we're looking forward to him continuing to race. He he loves the racing. He loves working on the cars. He loves learning all aspects of the sport. So uh, that 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 keep that keeps me going for sure. Well, Andy, it's been always a pleasure, as we've talked about, to watch you race. And I know that Rich got the got the pleasure to do that yesterday and saw you pick up a couple of wins and a, another championship to go along with it. So congratulations, man. Nice work. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it, and I appreciate everything you guys do, keeping, keeping the race fans involved and informed out there for all the racings all over the place. So it, it's, really, it's really a cool thing you guys are doing for racing. Well, we appreciate that, Andy. Nice job. Hopefully we see you at a racetrack again very soon. If not, you enjoy the time on the trails, my friend. Will do, guys. Thank you, and you guys have a great rest of the day. Well, I think you said it best as we uh, introduced Andy and got things going. His career is just amazing. There's no two ways about it, no way to deny that. And, um, man, you just think about it, Rich. Uh, I'm young. I know that. I'm 26 years old. That's a lot of championships, my man. That is a lot of championships. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people, you know, Zach, that, that I would miss seeing on a racetrack on a, on, on a weekly or monthly basis, when it, you know, when it, however often we get to see – the outlaws, but uh, I think when when Andy decides to hang it up, that's probably going to be one of my one of the few. I think uh, 
he, he, I think he's made that list that, that I'm going to miss seeing that 83 machine uh, making circles in that outlaw. But uh, let's not put it there too quick. No, uh, I, I, I imagine he's going to be back uh, well, as he just, said. Uh, just as strong. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's going to come back just as strong in 2022 well hey let's go back to friday night racing we uh we didn't forget but we had to reorganize uh friday night man another great show for the great lakes super sprints and uh, they were uh, also in tow with the great lakes traditional sprints and the great lakes lightning sprints i-96 speedway was the home and 27 cars unloaded with the great lakes super sprints presented by engine pro and arp it was a really rough night for race car drivers at I-96 Speedway. Um, I mean, Lyndon Jones, Jared Horseman, Chase Ridenauer, they collect heat race wins as the 20-car field began to take shape. But Jay Steinebach was officially declared the B-Main winner after several accidents resulted in the field trimming down on its own. The first drop out of the race came when Joel Hummel quickly came to a stop in turn four. It was discovered he'd been struck by something inside of his car and had injured his leg. Hummel was conscious and was transported to a nearby hospital for further evaluation. He is going to be okay. That leg is not broke. Uh, has some muscle damage, though, on that leg for Hummel. Move on. Gary Fritz catches a rut going into turn three. His car flips wildly, collecting R.J. Payne in the process. Then Levi Portinga, who'd been racing for second, lost the top of turns three and four, and he did so at a very fast rate. He slid violently into the turn four wall, ripped the tail tank off of his car. He ended up uh, with uh, some minor injuries and a trip to the hospital. He ends up being okay. Fritz, Payne, Portiga, uh, they were okay. Horseman, Lyndon Jones, let's go. Jared Horseman, Lyndon Jones, they lead the field to the green flag for 25 laps around the uh, I-96 Speedway for the feature event. But before the cars ever lined up in formation, Jones was forced to the infield with an apparent mechanical fail failure. That moves Dustin Daggett to the outside of Horseman for the green flag. It's Jared who jumps out to the early lead, but not without challenges is from Daggett. Man, coming to complete lap two, Dustin Daggett pulled the trigger on a slide job going into turns three and four and came up just short, and he had to pull up on the reins at the exit of turn four to allow Horseman to continue to lead. First caution, Shane Simmons spins in turns one and two. Little would change on the subsequent restart, and the race out front had calmed slightly as the battle raged for third. This was a big moment, Rich. Keith Shefford Jr. and Danny Sams racing in close quarters for several laps. I don't know how these guys didn't crash. They nearly came together on the front stretch as Sheffer settled into the third position. I really did think they got hooked together at one point. Now, Horseman, Daggett, they're racing into lap traffic. The 2018 champion champion in Daggett and the two-time champion in Horseman erased over a sixth of a, a six-tenths of a second lead that was Daggett gaining on Horseman he drove to the bottom of the racetrack going into turn one slid up in front of Horseman by turn two at the exit of the corner the pair raced side by side down into turn three where Daggett took command of the race on lap 18 don't put him in the win column yet though Three laps to go Kevin Van Houten slows at the top of turn two drawing the second caution flag of the race Daggett executed a flawless restart, maintained his lead over Horseman, and went on to collect the win. Horseman comes home in second spot. Sheffer hangs on for third. Sams and Phil Gressman round out the top five. And uh, I have the pleasure of calling these guys to the checkered flag on a pretty regular basis. And here's what Dustin had to say down in victory lane. Finally, you get the monkey off your back. You're in victory lane at I-96. How's it feel? Oh, man, it feels really good, you know. Uh, first night on the on the new engine, this thing runs freaking awesome. Um, we had this car dialed in 
you know, and and just the track was fast, and to to be able to pass Jared like that is to say something about this car. It was on a rail. You don't just pass Jared when he's in the front like that. I was going to ask you about that. Lap two, you tried to pull the trigger and came up just short, and I thought that may have been your only chance. You were able to run him back down. Did the car change? Did it come back to you, or did you find something? Well, about, about lap 10 there, I, I pulled the wing back just a little bit, and the, the thing just kind of sat right down and started driving even harder. Um, you know, and I just got to thank everybody that's involved with this. Uh, my grandpa, mostly, you know, he's... He puts up a lot of money for me to do this, and uh, you know I got to thank him, uh, my dad, my uncle, uh, Tracy. You know everybody, everybody involved with this car. Ryan, uh, Gary, you all do a hell of a job. Um, got to thank Homeworks Construction for coming on with us. Uh, you know Midland Steel, um, Michigan Steel and Trim out of Portland. Uh, there, Sam Borden Real Estate, Sweet Manufacturing. You know, everybody plays a little part in this. Fourth win on the season, and it comes here tonight at I-96 Speedway. Race fans, how about it? Great Lakes Traditional Sprints was a really good show. Looked like Keith Shefford Jr. was going to pick up his second win of the season, but it was Evan Mosley who stunk up the party. The driver out of Indiana came up to play with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints presented by Perfect Guys, and with a late race caution, he came from third to the front, got the win over Sheffer. Um, and uh, what a great show there. want to also mention that Steve Irwin went on to win on Saturday night, and if you're a fan of points races coming down to the wire, you're a fan of what's going on right now in the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints presented by Perfit. Coming into Friday night, uh, Steve Irwin, who dominates in 410 sprint car racing, Rich, as you know, we've talked about this, had just a 76-point lead over Keith Sheffer Jr. with four races to go. Uh, now, after the weekend, he's opened that up to 91, but Rich, we know that there's one track in the state of Michigan that Steve has not won at, and that's Tri-City, and that's where they're going on Friday night, and then they're going up to Merritt to close things out, where Keith Sheffer Jr. picked up his first career win. This race ain't over, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching it come down to the wire this weekend. I think Zach, as long as as long as Irwin keeps his eye on Shepard and he can see him, yep. he cannot lose the championship. That's my that's my opinion. We'll see what um, happens. I yeah, I don't think he has to win another race this year with a with a ninety one point lead, but he can't let him get away either. And uh, we'll also remember that Tri City is the home to a wreck that injured Steve Irwin at one point in his career as well. So uh, Irwin's, I, I think you're not going to see Irwin. I don't know. He really wants a win there, but. I think a championship is more important at this point. He may just show up and, and make some laps. But, uh, man, it's a lot of fun right now uh, with the Great Lakes family of sprint cars. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I just got to I gotta say, come on out and check it out. Um, kind of rolling into our upcoming events, Rich. It's championship weekend for the Great Lakes family. All three divisions at Tri-City on Friday night plus uh, IMCA Modifieds. And then on Saturday, we're going to do it all over again, open wheel night at Merritt. GLSS, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints, plus B-Mods and UMP Modifieds for Open Wheel Night at Merritt Speedway. Really a fun weekend lining up, and, and I hope folks can, folks can join us for that because it's going to be great. Yeah, Zach, and if, you know, we, we've been talking about a few weeks for the specials that come up in September. On Saturday, uh, a, nice, a nice race at uh, Birch Run Speedway. 
uh, for the Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model Series. 100 laps, $5,000 to win. Uh, that is a week before the Glass City 200, which we will preview next week. Entries already coming in. Some interesting entries already coming in for the Glass City 200. So uh, $5,000 to win 100 laps, uh, the Dixie Classic uh, at Birch Run. Pit gates open at 2 o'clock. Hot laps are at 3. Grandstands open at 5. Racing will kick off next Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Zach, I have nothing else planned. I might go. Why not? Yeah, that'd be not, fun. Right? Go see what's happening. Uh, also, I want to give you a heads up to mark your calendars now for the 17th and 18th, as you mentioned, Glass City 200 on that Saturday. But Battle by the Bay, Tri-City Motor Speedway, the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series all comes to a fester and uh, comes to that climax on the 17th and 18th. It's all going to come down to that. Uh, can anybody stop Dona Marcoulier? in the final show of the season. That's going to be the big question, and the 17th and 18th will be the place to look at that, and you have opinions. <laughs> There's one person that can stop Dono Marcoulier, and that's Dono Marcoulier. Right, right exactly. All right. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for a Labor Day edition of Horsepower Happenings. I want to thank Rusty Schlenk and Andy Bozell for making some time to chat with us tonight. Thank the drivers who uh, check in with us every single week. We we ask, and they always are, are so kind to stop and chat with us when we when we want them to and uh, also want to say thanks to all the listeners we've had a really good listener count all throughout the summer uh gained a lot of new fans for what we're doing and i just want to say thanks to everybody who who follows along with us every week to see what's going on and zach what i what i, I would be remiss if i didn't mention this what, what they did at corrigan oil speedway yesterday was really cool they did a voices of summer special where they had announcers come in and announce different races throughout the afternoon and evening and uh we want to acknowledge three of our Horsepower Happenings uh, correspondents, representatives, guys who contribute. Uh, Big Ed Inlows, he was there, announced, he announced an event. Uh, Chuck Darling was there. And, and, of course, it is an event if you have figure eights and Gary, in, yes. Gary Lindahl is not announcing it. So all three of those guys were up there announcing uh, I got to hang out with them all day long. It was pretty cool. Yeah, good job by everybody. And, uh, hey, it's going to be a busy weekend this weekend with open wheel stuff. Uh, so hopefully, again, you can get on out and check out what's going on and uh, see your old buddy, me, Zach Heiser. Uh, maybe join Rich at Birch Run, maybe, and see what's going on with the Reveal the Hammer series. They're gonna That's their championship night, I do believe, so that's going to be a big deal. And uh, just, just check out what's going on, man. The races are wrapping up. A lot of tracks are already closing the doors, so... Uh, get to a racetrack if you can, while you can, here in the state of Michigan. For Rich France, for Scott Menlin, who helps pay the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to Horsepower Happenings. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.